Hi, everyone. You're listening to the Dare Daniel Podcast. My name is Daniel Barnes. I'm the film critic for the Sacramento News and Review. My co-host, as always, is comedian Quirky McDonald's. Say hello, Quirky. Good morning, Sacramento. Going to go with that one? Great. Uh, On this fun-sized mini-episode, we are going to look ahead to next week's review of a film called Revolution. We're going to look back at our previous episode where we reviewed Renaissance Man. We're going to answer our question of the week, favorite and least favorite Al Pacino performances. And we are going to read some of your listener dares. First of all, let's look ahead to next week. Corky. Yeah. Is it fair to say Mm. that I am a master of mimicry? You got a Woody Allen in you. But my, my talents are not merely limited to mimicking celebrities. I consider myself a student. Uh, no, that's pretentious. <laughs> I consider myself a grandmaster of uh, dialects from all cultures, all regions, all eras. You, you could pick any dialect yeah, from any culture, any region in the world, any time period, and sure. I can replicate that dialect perfectly. So go ahead, just pick one at random. You're like a Henry Hill meets Frank Caliendo, right? I've get it's all in the database up there, right? You just say it, beep, boop, 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 bop, and it just comes right out. So I'm gonna give you just at random pick pick a a a, ty- a culture, pick a, a a open it like an improv show. Ask me what you need from me to start your show. <laughs> all right, I'm gonna need from the audience. I'm gonna need I'm gonna need a culture. Uh, Scottish. Scottish, okay. Uh, I'm going to need a job. A fur trapper. Okay, I'm going to need like a, a kind of a geographical area. Uh, Hudson River. Yeah, okay, so uh, yeah, the New York City area, got it. And I'm going to need an era. What what time period? Oh, God, uh, 18th century. 18th century. Uh, American Revolution. Okay, so we're talking about a Scottish-American fur trapper in the New York area around the time of the American Revolution in the late 18th century. This is going to be good. Hey, I'm a Scottish-American fur trapper here in New York City. I'm trapping furs. I'm trapping the furs. That was spot on. Nailed it. And I think the director and star of the film we are reviewing next week would agree with me. That would be director Hughes Hudson and star Al Pacino, who brought us the 1985 box office disaster revolution, starring Al Pacino as an 18th century Scottish-American fur trapper. Let's listen to the trailer. Let's go to the clip. All these men here, we all fought for something. You take it from us, and we're going to fight again. He was a common man, forced into war, fighting to protect his son. Sons go to war because fathers don't. Right here in this war! Thank God you're alive. She was a woman of wealth and privilege, with everything to live for and everything to lose. You cannot belong to this family and fight on the other side. They fell in love at a time when the old world was dying and a country was being born. The freedom in your muskets, boys! It was the time of revolution. Now, from Erwin Winkler, the producer of Rocky, and Hugh Hudson, the director of Chariots of Fire and Greystoke, comes a story of love and courage. Al Pacino. Revolution. 
starring Donald Sutherland and Nastasia Kinski. So that is Hugh Hudson's Revolution. It was released in 1985, starring Al Pacino, set during the American Revolution. Yeah. It was actually like positioned for Oscars in 1985, and that wasn't crazy because Hugh Hudson had helmed Chariots of Fire, which just won the Best Picture Oscar a few years before that. This film was a total bomb on release. It was recut a few years ago as Revolution Revisited. And that version has some defenders. We decided to review the original cut. Revolution Revisited. That's got Keanu Reeves in it, right? Yeah, exactly. Playing Neo. Uh, But we decided to review the original cut. That episode comes out on Tuesday. However, in next week's mini episode, I am going to watch Revolution Revisited. And I'm going to give a separate review of that film to see if it does actually improve on the original. Thank you for your service to our country. Anytime. Now let's look back at the film we reviewed previously. It is Penny Marshall's Renaissance Man. Yeah. Uh, Corky. Yeah. With the benefit of hindsight, is there anything that you would like to say about the film Renaissance Man that we didn't get in the show? I might, might have misconstrued a little bit of Mark Wahlberg's history. I called him a child of Hollywood. I called sure. him not from the streets. Interesting. But uh, You didn't know about his... Life in the Streets? His evidence about that life in the streets is the song and video tied to Renaissance Man. Yeah. Called Life in the Streets. Life in the Streets, yeah. And the song Mark. plays in the film when the one student who is actually a crack dealer hiding out in the army is captured and sent to prison. Which I think Marky Mark said, you know what? That's me. That's the video. I am a black person who dealt <laughs> drugs. So the video to Marky Mark's Life in the Streets featuring Prince Ayatol Joe (laughs) is interspersed shots of Marky Mark standing on the back of a flatbed being pulled by a camera truck. Mm. And he starts with the immortal lines. I know what y'all thinking. (laughs) This is some old Janet Jackson type of shit. But it ain't about that. This is the real street life drama. Whoa, ad hominem attack on Janet Jackson. So, what did Janet Jackson ever do to Mark Wahlberg? Right, exactly. On some Janet Jackson type shit. You, you would, you wish you it was wish some, Janet you were on some Janet Jackson type shit. My God, on the your pleasure- best day, you would, Latoya Jackson, maybe. <laughs> You're a Reby Jackson, <laughs> is what you are. Straight Randy. <laughs> we get uh, living to live and die in LA type coke deal set up under freeway. <laughs> So this is what Mark and Mark says he's from the streets. This is the kind of the streets he envisioned he was from. Sure. A Miami Vice drug deal. <laughs> Absolutely. Where the trunk opens and you see... The kind see, of streets that you see on TV. Yes. The trunk opens and there's just bags of coke in the trunk. <laughs> One guy dips his fingers in, tests it to his tongue. Absolutely. Says yes, and then pulls out... It's so funny because the guy pulls out the badge and then his finger pointed like a gun, <laughs> sick, screaming. This is We don't hear that any of this. That sure is life in the street. It's life in the street. The next sequence is the guy who escaped the drug deal is signing up for the army. <laughs> Whoa, it's telling the story of the movie. Now we get intercut shots of Renaissance Man, all Hobbes scenes, This over this really slow, supposed to be dramatic song with lyrics like... Marky Mark, confessing to murder yeah, on a track. Absolutely. <laughs> Prince I Tell Joe singing Life in the Streets isn't easy because nobody thought it was. No one. Life in the streets is a mystery. 
And this came from Marky Mark's time. I thought it was before the song. Yeah, I no. thought Life in the Streets was a cakewalk. Sure, Life in the Streets. Thank you, Marky Mark, for bringing this to my attention. I thought it was easy. Yeah. But this song tells you, definitely, no. parentheses, it ain't easy. Marky Mark is going to murder you for your jacket. Last note on this. Members of the Funky Bunch included the wonderful Scotty G mm. and Hector the Booty Inspector. Yeah, we all knew that. Oh, you knew about Hector the Booty Inspector. What? I, hello? I didn't know his work extended to booties. <laughs> I knew him as Hector the Derriere Inspector Just, when he got a little upper class. So he worked for the FDA for a little while. Sure. He was a meat inspector. <laughs> He was with Big Daddy Kane's group inspecting pork butt. Absolutely. I like my butt firm. Worked as a fire marshal for a brief time. Uh, yeah, Life in the Street. So I'll put a clip to the video in the post for this episode so everyone can check it out and really get their own feeling for what Life in the Streets is really like according to a celebrity. Reverse dare, <laughs> Reverse dare on the video. Yes. So now we're going to move along to our question of the week. Next week, we're reviewing Revolution, starring Al Pacino. So we Revolution! Thought, what better time to pick our favorite and least favorite Al Pacino film performances? I, I Spoiler alert, I, I don't think either of us would consider his performance in Revolution to be among his best work. Do you have a favorite Al Pacino film performance, Clerky? I do. I do, and I I hate to be the you know real simplistic guy, but it's sure. got to be as uh, Michael Corleone. Michael Corleone. Do you want to pick a particular film? One, two, or three? Uh, two. Two. I think he really shines. Two. He goes dark. Two. He. I mean, one. We got to see him transition from a hero. I'm never going to be part of my family to begrudgingly becoming a part and sowing an aptitude for doing it. Second, to doing it to being the villain and not knowing he's the villain. Absolutely. Yeah, no, I, I agree. That's uh, as much as I love The Godfather, I think his performance in Godfather 2 is really like his crowning achievement. Absolutely. And it is the perfect kind of mix of of his styles, right? Because a lot of times with Al Pacino now, we see him just going big, going big, going big. Right. Hey. It's a little bigger, I would say, than in The Godfather, where he's very reserved, and that's kind of the power of the performance. And this one, he goes a little bigger, but it's still there's so many shades to it. There's so much subtlety going on. There's so much that he's doing with just looking and with his voice and his body. Uh, this is, yeah, this to me is probably his uh, crowning achievement, I would say. Sure. Uh, I would also, you know, just throw a little variance in there. I think Dog Day Afternoon is. Uh, oh yeah, that's Dog- about as good as it gets. And uh, personally, I think Scarface is an absolutely brilliant performance. Again, it's huge, but it is incredibly nuanced in its hugeness. And the whole movie is huge. His use of his voice and of his body and how his character just kind of, uh, kind of. Uh, Descends into insanity throughout the movie. Your eyes are glued to him in the every entire scene. Time. The yes. entire time. Yeah, wonderful performance. So what about a pick for least favorite Al Pacino film performance? Least, Got a lot to choose from here. Yeah, least favorite. I'm going to go again probably with the big flashy, the one that everybody knows is uh, Scent of a Woman. Oh, man. Are we, we are in lockstep on this. Yeah, I thought about like... I mean, he's pretty bad in Revolution, I got to say. I thought about Jack and Jill and Gigli, but he's in those movies for like only a f- he's it, Those aren't starring roles. I haven't seen either one of those. Jack and Jill is the real embarrassing one. I mean, everyone in Gigli is getting humiliated, but sure. in Jack and Jill, he actually plays himself. <laughs> and, and it's a terrible And it's awful. <laughs> I thought about The Recruit, but that's just such a forgettable movie from like 2003. Who cares? I haven't seen a lot of like the really bad ones from the last 10 or 12 years. Righteous Kill is pretty awful. I haven't seen that. I haven't seen 88 Minutes or Two for the Money or some of the other one. But I got to say, yeah, Scent of the Woman. Yeah. 
that's the real line right there where he just crossed over from any kind of like nuanced bigness into just shouting. And that movie, I hated it when it came out. I remember I, I watched maybe a year or two or so ago, I, it was on cable and I watched a little bit of it. It's unwatchable. Yeah. It is unwatchable pandering and its views on his blindness and on his military record and his relationship with the kid. It's all just utterly disgusting and I hated every second of it. Yeah. And that's really, to me, the demarcation line of Pacino being unwatchable Pacino. Chewing the scenery without any mercy and without any reason. Sure. And of course, this movie is notorious because he actually won, finally won his Oscar for this film after getting nominated for all of his great performances in the 70s. This is the one that he won the Oscar for, beating Denzel Washington from Malcolm X because, once again, there is no God. (laughs) It's one of those things where it's like, I think people felt after Phantom Menace, that had to be good, right? It said Star Wars on That had to be good. Uh-huh, so it's right. like they watched this Pacino performance. I'm not sure what I watched, but it had to be good, right? Yeah. I think it's one of those things. Exactly. So now we're going to read a couple of your movie dares. And thank you, everyone, who has been sending us dares at daredaniel.com. You can also hit us up on social media and send us your dares. Keep those coming. We yeah. Love it. Thank you. At Mechadino Robot and at Walting Rhino, you guys have been wonderful throwing us dares. Our first dare comes to us from frequent dare David Reed. Hey! David Reed. And, of course, the as-of-yet-unheard-from Mrs. Reed. Can we just rename this section the David Reed section? Can we? <laughs> the David Reed section of the show. And once again, I still feel... I want to know if there really is a Mrs. Reed, because I think there's a Wendell from Key and Pete thing going on. I could just hear him being like, Oh, yeah, my wife, face, tan, body... <laughs> 10 ability to pick out movies at a red box like a four <laughs> she's got some of it she knows where the red box is she knows how to get there david this week dares us to watch the film ishtar oh uh, have you seen ishtar once when i was like 10 yeah me too it was on cable and it came on this movie is pretty notorious came out in i think 1987? It was 86 or 87. Written and directed by Elaine May. And this is the movie that pretty much ended her career as right, a director. She right. still did some writing, but um, no more. never directed after this. Uh, the film stars Dustin Hoffman, Warren Beatty, Charles Grodin of Clifford fame, and Isabella Johnny. It was a huge box office bomb, but it does have a fairly passionate following. I remember loving the first 10 to 15 minutes the of this first, movie. The first, yeah, where they are just making up the worst songs of all time, which were actually written by Paul Williams. It is fantastic. It's, it's funny, utterly right? fantastic. But I remember it just dropping off as soon as they get to the desert. It was yep. just like, and again, it was like farting camels and stuff. And like then that. again, yeah, I remember the one thing being that they both realized Isabella Johnny is a woman by her boobs. Yeah, which she like pulls open her t- her shirt and shows her breasts. And they're like, little woman. Yeah. Over the years, it has been kind of reassessed. And there are a lot of you know younger people who have kind of come to that film and said, I- this is actually a really good movie and belongs in the conversation with the rest of the Elaine uh, May films from the 1970s. So I think that might be interesting to it kind of reassess. And it's been long enough for both of us. Uh, why did David Reed dares to watch this movie? He says, since you're obviously not opposed to a little history, <laughs> you've got to consider Ishtar or Heaven's Gate one of these times, although I'd give the edge to Ishtar just for the singing. And yeah, like Heaven's Gate also has kind of gotten a critical reassessment and some people think it's a pretty good movie. You yourself. I think it's a good movie. I don't think it's great or anything, but you know, I think it's it's not a terrible, unwatchable film, which was the reputation it got from the reviews of the time. Killed the studio. Yeah, it did. It killed United Artists. Ishtar for decades was really synonymous with a bomb. Yeah. Like a bomb. Like uh, Waterworld was referenced as Fishtar. Right. Like because again, 
It's, if it's a bomb, Ishtar. That's like the sh- kind of shorthand for it. IMDb synopsis for the film says, two terrible lounge singers get booked to play a gig in a Moroccan hotel, but somehow become pawns in an international power play between the CIA, the Emir of Ishtar, and the rebels trying to overthrow his regime. So that is Ishtar, dared to us by David Reed. Thank you again, David. Mrs. Reed, hit us up, please. <laughs> if you exist. Blink twice. <laughs> exactly. Our next dare comes to us from Colin Williams. Hey, Colin Williams! Colin Williams dares us to watch a little film called Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles colon Out of the Shadows. Mm. This is the second of the sort of live action Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle movies that were produced by Michael Bay and feature Megan Fox as April O'Neil and a bunch of CGI mutant turtles. I uh, you could have told me there were seven of these. And I <laughs> exactly. Why did Colin dare us to watch this film? He says, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. (laughs) It's been so hot this summer, and I haven't been drinking enough water, and I'm dehydrated, and it made me lightheaded, and I had to watch Ninja Turtles Out of the Shadows, and it's so bad. It's so bad. It's so bad, and now I need you to know how bad it is by watching it. I'm sorry. The IMDb synopsis of the film says, After facing Shredder, who has joined forces with mad scientist Baxter Stockman and henchmen Bebop and Rocksteady to take over the world, the Turtles must confront an even greater nemesis, the Notorious Krang. Nice. Yeah, right? I actually reviewed the first Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the first of this, what is now a two-film series. When that came out in 2014, I thought it was awful. Here's what I had to say at the time. I'm going to quote myself, as I often do. It's just an entry-level Michael Bay knockoff for the Saturday morning cartoon crowd and only the spectacle of CGI creatures acting rings around their human (laughs) co-stars passes for entertainment. Why do I think that the beginning of Colin Williams' dare would be what we'd get from Mrs. Reed? I'm I'm so so sorry. sorry. I've been held without water. Please help. (laughs) Sorry. That's rude. Sorry, David. You're, You're a very wonderful contributor. I don't know. Why are I, you fucking with David? I don't know. He's, He's so, so supportive of He's the show. Great. David, we love you. We believe you that there's a Mrs. Reed. Wink! We do. We do. I mean, until evidence pops up that contradicts your So story. this might be a good dare because I have absolutely zero fucking oh, interest God. in any of those Why would teams? anyone over the age of nine? Yeah. So this is kind of, I guess, what we set ourselves up for, right? We're soliciting you to send us your worst also, you can say it as your best. Go for it. Well, like free. I said, Ishtar has a has a strong group of defenders. You uh, think in 20 years that this will be called uh, Turtle Tar? Oh, or God, no. But it's nice to get a mix. Yeah. Okay. It's nice to get a mix of theirs. You know, <laughs> some, so like the ultra, like we said, the sadistic, which is out of the shadows, and the potentially altruistic, which is Ishtar. Yeah. And thank you, Colin Williams, for taking the time to engage us and send us this. Yeah. There. And drink some water, man. Yeah. Get hydrated. Okay, that's all we have for you on this mini-episode of Dare Daniel. Check back on Tuesday for our review of Revolution, and we'll have another mini-episode next Thursday. Subscribe and rate us on iTunes. Visit Dare Daniel to submit your movie dares. Check out Dare Daniel Pod on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and all that good stuff. For Dare Daniel, I'm Daniel Barnes. Our producer is Johnny Disco Finger Flores. <laughs> and I'm Corky McDonald saying keep checking that Potter and Family hashtag with film trials at Cinematically Correct and our new friends at IMDb Journey. They've been so supportive and helpful on the social media. Like, rate, review, subscribe, do all the good shit. Send us your dares. And also, Mrs. Reed, if you need help, we're Please here. Please contact We us. are here. Please, any hour, night or day. Just say you're going to the Red Box. <laughs> Just, <laughs> that's when you run. <laughs> that's when you run, Mrs. Reed. 